there is this idea that like you can only learn in a classroom and like for so long that actually didn't work for me either because I'm so creative and like literally thinking outside the box bouncing off the walls because I'm outside the box you know <laughs> yeah so I just I love that you believed in yourself and we haven't even gotten into our conversation yet <laughs> yeah Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Justine, artist, healer, and coach, creator of lightofthefree.com, where we host this podcast, and specifically for girls with big dreams who are curious to know how they can make following their heart a reality. And today on the show, I have Maddie Maple who is a brilliant young female entrepreneur, confidence coach, podcast host herself called The Breaking Butterfly. Definitely check that out if you are into all things personal development and confidence from a girl's perspective. So Maddie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I cannot even contain my energy right now. I'm so excited and thank you for having me on. My name is Maddie Maple. Like she said, I am a confidence coach, a little bit of a manifestation coach as well, because when you do gain confidence, you gain that confidence to create the life of your dreams. Um, so I'm a little bit of both. And yeah, pretty much I'm here to help girls get past their limiting beliefs and their self-doubts that we have been programmed to think for so long so that they can truly, truly create the life that they want and show up in this world and show their light. So that's a little bit about me. I would love for you to share what life was like growing up from the day you were born to when you consider yourself a young adult. I was technically born in California, but I moved to Utah very young. So I would say I grew up in Utah and growing up in Utah was very interesting. And before I even get any further, I am going to be talking about the religion I grew up in. I do not think it is right or wrong. It's not right for me, but it's just, everything's my perspective. But I grew up Mormon, which was very, very interesting for me. I actually was Mormon until I was like 19. So that was only four years ago. I didn't even mention I'm only 23. And so um yeah like up until four or five years ago i was mormon and that played a huge part on who i am today because it is a very involved religion and in utah everyone's mormon everyone like i would say 95 percent of people and so i kind of grew up in like this bubble and i grew up in a bubble of people who in my perspective kind of settled and i was very in like a settled mindset like the what you did was you went to school and you dressed a certain way and you went to college and you dressed and acted a certain way. And then you're supposed to get married very, very young, have kids, live in Utah. And that's it. That was it. That's just how life was. And anything else was completely unrealistic. I would see different success stories and I would be like that. It's not even real, honestly, because in my little bubble, it was just like life was this way. Um, so yeah, but other, other than that, family life was amazing. I had three younger siblings. Honestly, my, my childhood was very happy and very, very, um, playful and fun and, and good. But then I hit high school 
And I don't know what happened here. I'm not sure. But I spiraled down this hole of absolutely hating myself. I could not find one thing I liked about myself. It got to the point where I was confused as to why I was even living, which now I look back and I'm like, how did I get to that point? Because now I think I'm fucking amazing, but I couldn't find one thing that was relatively even good about myself. Everything was horrible. Um, And so I got into this deep, dark hole of completely losing who I was. I got into a relationship with a boy that gave me the love that I needed. And it turned out to be very, very toxic because then I, all that love that I needed to give to myself, I was getting from someone else and I can't depend on that person. So it became this game of like, if he didn't tell me he loved me the right way, I was in like sorrow. Like I was like, my world is ending. I was chasing him to his friend's house when he wouldn't hang out with me and like looking for him. I was throwing glasses of water on him. I was like, the lows were so low for me. And then that finally ended. And I, I pretty much was like back to square one. And I was like, okay, um, who am I? Who the F am I? I got out of that relationship. I was like, who the fuck am I? I had no love for myself, no idea who I was. I completely created myself with this person and then that version died. And so then I finally got into festivals. I got into raving and that gave me a safe space to completely create myself. I found somewhere that I could dress the way I wanted. No one else judging me. I found somewhere I could meet people that were on the same wavelength as me. I found a place where I could do whatever I wanted and express myself however I wanted. And no one, no one took a second look when all my life, everything I was doing was judged. Everything I did, I was going to go to hell or this or that. I went to college for two years right after high school and just did my gen eds because my dad really wanted me to go love him. Grateful for him. He was like, nope, get your butt in school. You're going to college. And it was good, but I had no idea what I was doing. I think I found it like right as I was going to college, maybe like a little bit towards the end. Um, That truly changed everything for me. I think sometimes raves have like a weird connotation. It's like this party and it's this and it's that. It's just like, (laughs) it was a place where I could completely create a new identity with no judgment you returned back to who you were oh my god i just got chills the first time i walked into a festival i met these new friends who are still my best friends today and we walked into this festival and i just started bawling because the energy there i felt like i was home i felt like i was myself i walked in and i was like oh my god this and it wasn't even the place i was at it was the place of like being free that I was like, I could explore and create and become who I wanted to be truly. You and I have gotten to meet. You are a leader. Like you, you left and you're like, I have a vision and I want to create something. And you went ahead and just did it. If you would have met me pre, like when I was like 21, you wouldn't even recognize me.
because I, I fell in love with the leaps. I really did. Once you take the first one, it's just, it gets so much easier from there. And that being said, like, I think that's what stops a lot of people is they think of these leaps and they think of these jumps and they're so scared to take them. They're so scared. But guys, if you're listening, it gets easier. It's just that first leap. And that's how confidence is built. It's built by repetition. It's built by practice. One example I always give is people are so scared to speak on a stage, but they're so confident to walk across a busy street. What has more risk? Speaking on a stage has little to no risk. Walking across a busy street has so much risk, but we just walk across the street. We're little kids and we're walking across the street. A car is coming. We could die in that moment, but we're so confident in crossing that street. Why? We've done it so many times. And it's the same with these leaps. You take one, so scary. You get to the next one. You're like, okay, I can do it. You get to the next one. And now you're like, where's my next leap? Let's go. (laughs) I'm ready for my next leap. In school, we are not taught to take risks. We've never taken risks. And then we get to our adult life and it's like all of a sudden to gain success, you have to take these risks. No one showed us how to do that. We have to learn it on our own. Mm-hmm. or it gets scary. I flipped burgers for five years um, and I, I quit and then I'd go back and then I'd quit again and I would go back because that was my safe place and I knew it wasn't aligning just like you said it wasn't aligning with who I actually was. I'm very expressive. I love to learn. I love to grow but I was so safe there. I knew everything there was to know there and like And I think that it finally just gets to a point where you realize, all right, I have to take a leap now or I'm never going to take a leap. Like, and one thing I always do with my clients as well is like, let's look at the outcomes. If I stay at In-N-Out forever and envision like what my life is going to be like. And I just, I kept telling myself like, no, I'll love it. I'll love it. It'll be fine. It'll be good. It'll be fine. I hate that word. It'll be fine. No, that's not what we're shooting for here. Finally, I got sick of it. I was like, there is more for me. I started to create myself and then in and out stopped me. I couldn't create myself anymore. And so I finally quit. And I actually, that's why um, my podcast is called Breaking Butterfly. And I got a butterfly tattoo. You cannot have tattoos at in and out So me getting my butterfly tattoo meant it's not possible for me to go back into my cocoon. In and out was my cocoon. I had to decide for myself, like, there's more for me. Like, as much as I am a coach, I would almost call myself more of an influencer. I think that people look at me and they see possibility and they see what you can do. And I started to realize that in and out, well, I couldn't be myself. Like people had always told me like, you have this light about you. I love what you have to say. And I couldn't do that there. I was there 50 hours a week talking to my other, my cook, cause we're like flipping burgers. And I just, I knew that my superpower was being an example to others. And I couldn't be an example if I wasn't being myself and I was stuck in a uniform working 50, 60 hours a week. I think that I always knew and I had so many doubts and limiting beliefs that I pushed it away for a really long time. Actually, ever since I was like probably 13, 14, people would ask me what I wanted to do and I wanted to be a life coach. And then into my later years, after all the programming and the self-doubts came, I was like, 
that was gone. Like that was completely gone. And it's funny to look back now and see that I always knew that. I always knew I wanted to help people and influence people and be that guidance. And that's kind of my theory actually with purpose. A lot of people are looking for their purpose. And my theory is everybody already knows it. They already know it, but there is so much fear and doubt around it that their mind completely shuts it out. That sort of led up to this knowing that you have an internal guidance system. Getting more confident in myself. Confidence is one of the most important things you can have because once I really built that for myself through like a lot and lot of mindset work and experimenting and personal development. <laughs> like once I built confidence, I knew that there was something more in me, but me being so insecure and unconfident and hating myself, it completely blocked that. But once I was like feeling good in my body and knew who I was, I almost came home. It just all came back to me. And mm -hmm. I was like, Oh yeah, I wanted to be a life coach. And it just, just spiraled from there. The possibilities really are infinite on this journey of entrepreneurship. The more I see that I can do and the more my, my limits just like fade away. We literally get to create anything that our mind can think of, that we desire, anything that we can hold in our mind, in our hearts. It's not about whether or not you can, it's what do you want? That's the hardest part is just coming to actually believe that because we have been taught otherwise for so long. This isn't realistic, this and this and that. Like you can never do that. That takes, they come up with these weird things that make you feel like you can't do whatever the fuck you want. Literally whatever the fuck you want. Mm -hmm. But the only limit that you have is the limit that you put on yourself. If you say, I am lazy, you just put that limit on yourself. The only reason you're lazy is because you just said, I am. If you say, I am too busy to do that. The only thing that makes you too busy is you saying you're too busy. That's it. Only limits you have are the ones you put on yourself. That's powerful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It really speaks into how our word is our power. And I really believe what we choose to put into word, into space, through vibrational sound is what we're putting out into the world. One hundred percent. I'm so big about language and what I say. It's one of the most important things to me. One of my biggest things I work on is, is not saying sorry for things I shouldn't be sorry for. Or if I make a little mistake, I used to go like, oh my God, like I'm so dumb. Like, ha ha ha, as a joke. Your brain doesn't know it's a joke. It has no idea the context. It just hears I am dumb. And it says, okay, girl, we're dumb. <laughs> like, you know, or if you say like, oh, I'm so sorry for this thing that I shouldn't be sorry for. Your brain's like, oh, I messed up. Little things like that where it's like, yeah, our language, everything, 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 everything. It's common among many girls to over-apologize. Yes. We are taught to be so sorry for everything, even sorry about who we are. Oh, sorry. Was I talking too much? Sorry. Was I talking too loud? Sorry. Was I this or that? And it's just like, the more we say that, the more we're, we're putting that limit on ourselves. I love that we're talking about this because you and I had a conversation about how school and education is pretty much overrated. Like we grew up thinking that life was going to be a certain way 
because we were seeing in a classroom and taught that the day's schedule would look like X, Y, and Z, and this is what you need to perform to. And everyone's given the exact same assignment, even though we all are so different. I think a lot of it is from teachers in school keeping us busy, um, you know, making us like be quiet and like make ourselves smaller and not act this way, not act that way. You know, if you're talking to this person, you're pretty much humiliated and like moved across the room, but also TV. We are taught how to be and how to live from TV. We're taught about the cool people. We're taught about the bullies. We're taught about the nerds and like everything in TV. It's pretty much like saying this is how it is. Even romantic relationships. There's a very specific romantic relationship that they show on TVs and movies. And it's very rare that they stray away from that. Kids hate cleaning their room. Why do they hate cleaning their room? TV. That's my theory. Because you see this little kid on the TV that's like, their mom's like, you need to go clean your room. And they're like, no, I don't want to. Kids did not hating, hate cleaning their room until they saw that. Nothing's good or bad. And then TV, among with other people, but TV a lot shows us what we should like, what we shouldn't like, who we should hang out with, what music we should like, all of the above, everything. Yeah. And now it's not just TV, it's everything on the internet. Internet. Um, we have our own internal guidance system. And then there's all this information coming in from outside sources like media and the classroom, your teachers, your professors, sometimes even family. When you were talking about the experience of being in a classroom and teachers saying like, you know, be quiet or you're talking too loud and really trying to like stuff you back down into the box. I realized that there's so much learning we do emotionally that has nothing to do with the subject that is being taught, just from us not being able to fully express ourselves. By default and nature, children are just so curious and abundantly joyful and energetic. And of course, they're going to want to sing or dance and play. When we try to put kids in a literal box, a classroom with four walls and a ceiling and a floor, then of course they're going to hit up against the walls and be quote unquote problems in the classroom. So I'm curious to know if you could share your perspective on what learning is like outside of the classroom for you. A lot of my learning right now, I mean, it's experiences, right? It's experiencing new things. It's it's learning from people that you admire, listening to podcasts and reading books from people that you actually align with and that they've actually experienced these things. A lot of the people that you're around growing up, they haven't experienced much. Your teachers haven't experienced much. They're just teaching you the curriculum. But for me personally, right now in this moment, it is a lot of unlearning and it is a lot of like owning up for my mistakes when I get in arguments or I do something wrong in my business or a call doesn't go very well. It's really being self-aware and learning what did I do wrong? What could I do better? And like pushing forth in that way, unlearning of all those beliefs that aren't serving me anymore. You've come to the point where the audience would like to know what your top three things for every girl in her survival kit for the journey of the mind, body, and soul? I love this question. 
journaling. Journaling changed my freaking life. We have 70,000 thoughts a day, 70,000 thoughts a day. And if you are not journaling and writing them down, they're just going to keep repeating themselves. How we're talking about these old beliefs. Um, they're just going to, your thoughts are almost on autopilot. 95% of your thoughts and your beliefs and your actions are just from these old beliefs, like these old habits. And 95% of those were created like before the age of seven. So if you don't start writing stuff down, you're going to be lost in that forever. And that's, that's really what happened to me. Once I started journaling, that's how I got here. Literally, I can owe it all to journaling. Um, the second thing in your survival toolkit, you have to be around people you want to be like. I like people that help me be self-aware of what I'm actually trying to do. You have to. When I moved to California and I started to be around successful people and I got a boss and a mentor that really showed me what was possible, that's when everything changed for me. Uh, you know, the, the mean girls scene where they're like, Ugh, I hate how my nose is like this. I hate that my hips are like this. And then they look at the other friend or Katie and they're like waiting for her to say something that she hates about herself, right? That's how life is. And if you're not around people that are uplifting or uplifting themselves and uplifting you, they're, they're going to pull you down with them. Does that mean you need to cut off all of your friends that are negative or say bad things about themselves? No. Does it mean you need to spend less time with them and find people that do align with the future you want to have? Yes. So the second one is be around people that you want to be like. My third one is just brain food in general. And I feel like I can't give a specific book or a specific podcast because that's so personal to me. Kind of like being around people you want to be like. Find mentors on the internet people you want to be like and consume their content, read their books, hear what they have to say. Stop watching Netflix and watch something that is going to give you a new perspective on life. So whatever that is, some of, you know, my favorite podcast podcasts are like Manifestation Babe, um, Mind Your Business with James Wedmore. I love books by Eckhart Tolle and really any personal development, but it, just whatever aligns with you and speaks to your soul, give yourself more of it, whatever that is. Everything you shared, journaling and surrounding yourself with the people who are also into what you're into, AKA personal development and self-growth. And then of course, the constant journey of looking inward, being with yourself, understanding what your mind is thinking and being intentional with how you use your mind. Brain food. Snacks for mindfulness. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, it's so important. I can't even tell you how much personal development I have and how much it motivates me. But I want to add one thing to the, the people you want to be like, because I know a lot of young girls will be listening to this. This does not just apply to people in real life. This applies to social media as well. Your following list is a huge impact on your reality. Huge impact. If someone's not informing you, inspiring you, motivating you, uplifting you, mute them. Only surround yourself 
in person, especially, but also on social media, that is someone you want to be like. Once you surround yourself with just people you want to be like, your reality changes, truly. Social media is huge right now. Yeah, I mean, that is our reality. I keep, I keep saying the future is now. Yeah. Like, whether or not you like it, we're, we're all plugged in. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not going anywhere. If there were a younger version of you out there right now, she would be listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. What would you like to tell your younger self? Getting emotional. Um, I guess I would just want to say, and I, I hate saying this because I know how cliche it sounds, but I want people to really hear me when I say, you do create your reality. You create your own reality. And like you were saying, infinite possibilities infinite possibilities and the only limit you have is the limit that you're putting on yourself that's it oh if I was talking to my younger self I would just be like dude you have no idea your power no idea coming from a place where I felt like I could do absolutely nothing and literally hated myself to a place where I am building a business and completely self-sufficient and a boss ass bitch and I'm beautiful and all of these things like you can go from that to here. It's possible. It's truly possible. I'm so happy for you that you've gotten to create your life as you see it. And as you speak, you are continuing to build it. And that is why you are an amazing leader and so many people are, I'm sure, inspired by this conversation. So if they wanted to continue to follow your work, follow your teachings, where can they find you online? Yes. So Instagram is where I hang out. That's it. Instagram. And it's Maddie Maple, M-A-D-I, Maple like the syrup. Uh, and then my podcast, Breaking Butterfly. It's on iTunes and Spotify. And yeah, that's where I hang out. <laughs> Any last words that you would like to share with our audience before we wrap up today? There is no other time than the present moment. And if you have been waiting for a quote unquote sign to just do it, this is your sign. There is no other time than right now. And just take a baby step. Just take a baby step. Just do something, anything right now. Thank you so much for your wisdom, Coach Maddie, for gracing us with your presence and sharing such a big piece of your heart and getting vulnerable with us today, opening your heart and leading by example. Thank you. I appreciate you and I appreciate you having me here. It's a dream come true. And I'm so happy you had me be a part of this. It's amazing. I'm just so over the moon that I got to have this conversation with Maddie today. Thank you for tuning in. You can find this blog post and podcast at lightofthefree.com. And we'll see you in the next episode. If any part of that conversation resonated with you today, find us at lightofthefree.com. Leave us a comment. Join in on the conversation. You can also find me on Instagram at light of the free.
until I talk to you again in the next episode, keep chasing your dreams, follow your heart, because truly anything is possible. What was the question again? Can you remind me?